Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco 49ers Insider, Matt Mayoko. And welcome to the 49ers Insider Podcast, presented by SoFi, a modern finance company. And uh, we're going to get to our guest here in a little bit, but thought I'd surprise you with Laura Britt, an appearance from Laura Britt. Oh, wow. At the I go before the player now? How about this? You go That's before the player and after the player. Oh wow! This is amazing. Yeah, I've been now, promoted. Don't, don't overmodulate. I'm over. I overmodulate a lot, yeah. so I need. Apparently, no, I think I'm that was really fine. Loud. I think okay. you're fine. Uh, but overmodulate. So our guest this week is Matt Brita. Yeah, the quiet. He is Matt quiet. Brita, but really cool dude. I say he, this every he's a, single. He's time. a very nice guy. I feel like people aren't going to believe me in, anymore when I keep saying that he's such a cool guy. But I really do think the 49ers, when you walk in that locker room and you start talking to some of these guys, they've got a really good group of guys and you've gotten to talk to a lot of them. Yeah. And I just sit like a fly on the wall in the room and take pictures. You do but, take nice pictures. You know. When you don't, when you don't wash do. my face out like you did on that it. one Twitter post. Yeah, that just happened. Press you can Conference check that Live. out on Twitter right now. But check this out. Speaking of checking something out, the NFL rushing leaders. Number one, Ezekiel Elliott. Not a big surprise. Number two, Todd Gurley. Huge mm. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big surprise. Number three, well, of course, it's Matt Breda. And that is a big surprise. That is a big surprise. So Matt Breda, undrafted rookie last year made the team and i think it's going to be tough for him going forward just because uh with cj bethard at quarterback teams are going to be stacking the box yeah to... and he's a little banged up right now too um against the chiefs and against the chargers a little banged up so it's going to be tough to stay healthy when you know that teams are going to be stacking the box and when you put up stats like he's done through the first few games of the season then people start to take notice yeah they certainly do. Uh, and, production was and, down against the Chargers, though. Yeah, because I think because of that. Because yeah. of that, I mean, it's going to be tough to run the ball w- with teams putting eight guys in the in the box and kind of daring C.J. Beathard, daring Kyle Shanahan to throw the football. But Matt Breida, uh, interesting story, Matt Breida. Uh, we get into that with his adoption. Uh, I thought that was really nice that he was willing to talk about that and share that story because it's inspiring. Yeah, and I asked him when he came in the room, I said, hey, is there anything off limits, anything you know about your personal life? And he goes, no. Nope. He goes, ask me anything you want. Thought, That's pretty cool. One thing I didn't ask him about, which is also very cool, did you know that Matt ended up marrying his high school teammate? No, I did not know this. Yeah, so his wife, Sylvana, and Matt, Matt Matt Barrows did a nice job, a nice story uh, in the athletic. Oh, sorry, Matt, I haven't read that yet. <laughs> yeah, well, we, I'm outing myself. I'll just edit this out. Okay, yeah, yeah edit so, this out. So, so Matt will here. never know. But um, she was a kicker. She's a soccer player, and she kicked on the team her junior year uh, on the varsity. 
Uh, and Matt Breda, of course, was He's the like, star I, running back. I am snatching this woman up because yeah. she was a keeper. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, so Matt Breda gets uh, one extra point for marrying his high school uh, teammate. See what I did there? Okay. I know what all of you out there are yeah. thinking. I'm okay. thinking it too. But that's what we love about Matt Miyoko. The bad jokes. Yeah. Well, gee, thank you. I always thought they were good jokes. I guess not. Well, hey, let's get to Matt Breda, and then uh, I'll catch up with you on the other side, and maybe we'll answer some questions that people submitted via Twitter. Double the fun. Here's Matt Breda coming up on the 49ers Insider Podcast. My guest this week is Matt Breda, 49ers running back. Matt, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been an incredible journey to get to, to where you are. And I know there's still a lot of football ahead of you, but do you ever take time to kind of reflect and, and look back on, on how you've gotten to where you are today? Uh, oh, yes. You know, you always want to try and look back and remember where you came from and uh, just remember to stay humble at all times. How would you just describe, you know, how far you've come in, mm. in your life? Uh, you know, just growing up, you know, I didn't have the um, best of everything. You know, uh, me and my uh, brother, younger brother, were both adopted growing up and uh you know our parents did whatever they could to uh you know make sure we had food on the table um you know i remember some nights you know my dad uh he wouldn't you know uh eat you know or he would eat very little to make sure me and my brother would uh you know be full and uh you know be able to wake up the next day and go to school so um you know just things like that i'm very thankful for and grateful for because you know i know a lot of other people could be in a, a worse position than i am so you were adopted mm -hmm. two days after your birth in, yeah. in 1995 mm -hmm. obviously you have two white parents yeah well, at what point did you know you were adopted or start uh, to ask questions very about? probably very young probably when i was like probably right when i started talking um that's what they told my parents too like they'll know right away but my parents you know they never tried to hide it they always told me i was adopted and uh you know they always told me that you know my uh, birth mother she couldn't take care of me because i had an older brother and older sister at the time too so uh, she just wanted to give me a better life than what she could give me when you were growing up was this a, a subject of conversation with your friends did they ask you questions i, did, I mean I, some of my friends would but some of them you know really thought you know it was cool like you know they just seen me them as my parents you know um you know people would always you know ask like oh you know uh you know, they, were, they would look and stare because obviously, you know, my parents are white and I'm black, so they would be kind of confused at first, but then they'd be like, oh, he's adopted, and then, you know, they would catch on. But uh, for my friends' part, no, nah, they wouldn't really ask too many questions. Well, t tell me about your, your parents, Mike and Terry Breida. Mm -hmm. what, what do you respect most about the way they raised you? Uh, like I said, just how they always, you know, were, you know, I look at them as role models and just how, like, they never really forced me into sports. They said, whatever you do in life, we're going to be happy with. So, you know, they never said, oh, you have to play football to be great or you got to, you know, get so many, um, you know, uh, medals or stuff like that. They just wanted me to, you know, make sure I went to school, have my academics up and, uh, you know, just grew up to be a good human being. And uh, that's what, you know, I really expect them most about. And that's how I want to raise my kids. You know, you don't got to be great at a sport to, you know, consider yourself to be something. Yeah. So when you were growing up, was sports a vehicle for something else? I mean, you... Mm -hmm. Did you ever really consider that you could have a career, you could make money playing sports, or oh, was yeah. it just something to build character or in socialize? I mean, at a very young age, you know, uh, me and my dad sat on the couch and watched football, and we'd always watch the NFL, and I always told myself, you know, that's where I want to get. So, you know, I believe I started playing when I was six years old, uh, started playing football, and I've loved it ever since. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm just blessed to be in this position I'm in today. Mike Breda, your dad, he got very sick, mm -hmm. a life-threatening case of meningitis mm -hmm. that left him permanently disabled. Mm -hmm. Do you, were you 
do you remember that time? Yeah, I do. Came? I mean, I was younger, but I do remember him, you know, coming back from the hospital and, uh, you know, he had a tube, com uh, tube coming out of his back, you know, to drain the fluid and stuff like that. So I remember that. And, you know, I just remember him, you know, times, you know, being very, you know, down or angry, not necessarily at me or my brother, but just, you know, mad that he couldn't work or he couldn't do nothing because, you know, he felt like, you know, working was his whole life and he loved to do things. So, um, you know, and then also my mom, too. My mom got sick, too. So, um, you know, she couldn't work anymore. So that was another reason to push me even more to make it here so I could eventually one day, you know, they won't have to work anymore for the rest of their life. Mike, your dad got into a car accident mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, kind of impaired him. Yeah. And also your mother got yeah. in a very serious car accident mm -hmm. in 2006. So yeah. you would have been around 11 years old. Mm -hmm. What was it like in the household during that time? Because that was, that was shortly after your dad had meningitis. Yeah, it, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I got done one day with school, and I just remember my parents didn't come to pick me up, so I was wondering what was going on. And uh, one of my friend's parents picked me up and told me, you know, they got in a serious accident, they were in the hospital. So, you know, it was kind of hard at that time because, you know, I felt like, you know, I had to kind of step it up a little bit, you know, whatever I could do for my parents to make sure I do, um, I could do, and, uh, you know, just not be selfish. And they've been in wheelchairs? For my mom has. My, my dad's not. And are they able to travel? Did Have they been able to see oh, yeah, they've been football? Yeah, they've been out here actually uh, one game last year, the first game of the season, uh, when they flooded all the rookies' parents, you know, they all came out, and they'll be out here this year. Uh, for I think two games in December. So oh, that's great. And yeah. then, but also week twelve, mm -hmm. you guys go to Tampa Bay, yeah. which is close to where you grew up. Yeah, they'll you grew be there. up how, how how far north? Uh, only like thirty minutes. Thirty north minutes. Of Tampa. Yeah. So they'll be able to go to, yeah. to that game as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Just what what does it mean to you to be able to give them that kind of enjoyment? You're the whole country away from them. Mm -hmm. You're in San Francisco or in Santa Clara, and they're in, in the Tampa area. But knowing that they can you know, stay in touch with you every Sunday by watching you on TV. Uh, it just means the world to me. You know, like I said, growing up, you know, I wanted to put myself in a position where I could, you know, eventually take care of them uh, one day for what they did for me. Because, like I said, I could be in a worse position. I could still be in a foster home, you know. Who knows where I how it would have ended up. So uh, I just want to give back as much as I can and just make them proud. What do you know about your birth parents? Uh, all I know is that... Uh, basic things like you know my birth mom she was 5'1 my birth dad he was 6'1 uh, I don't know their names I know that I have an older brother and older sister and other than that I, that's all I know she my birth mom wanted to keep it you know very private you know she wanted she wanted me to have a you know a better life than what she would have gave me so um, and I think that helped too because growing up I never really wanted to go find them or see who they were because all I know is these people so I feel like it's different if you grew up in a foster home and you kind of, you know, never had that, you know, sense of like, oh, I never had parents type of thing. But these have been my parents' day. That's all I know. You, so You've never been never, curious? Nope, never been curious at all, at all. Because, like you said, you're, Since your parents they, yeah, are your right, parents. As soon as I was born, next to the hospital, I was with them. So I grew up my whole life with them, and that's all I know. So it never really crossed my mind to be like, oh, well, let me go see if I can find my birth mom or it just never happened. And your younger brother, Josh, also yeah. adopted. Adopted, too. Um, how's he doing? Uh, you know, he's kind of going down a rough road right now. Uh, he's been in and out of jail a couple of times. Um, last I heard, you know, he was getting on a better track. But uh, I haven't talked to him probably in like a month or two just because I've been busy with football, and he's obviously way in Florida. But uh, hopefully he's getting back on the right track. You got married in April? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're married now. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about starting a family and just what family means to you? Uh, I just feel like it's very important, you know, uh, more important than, you know, football. Don't get me wrong, football is, you know, daring to my heart. But I feel like at the end of the day, family is going to, you know, be there for you after football. You know, you can only play football for so long. So it's it's very important to me to know, to, you know, one day I do want to have kids and have a family and uh, make sure that they, you know, grow up better than what I how I grew up. Why do you think you've 
succeeded to this point when you know so many other people who have kind of faced long odds mm -hmm. you know haven't I just think that you know growing up me just being in sports and the great coaches that I had the great mentors I had they always kept me in the right direction you know I always you know wanted to grow up to be you know um to be like them and my brother you know he only played sports I think one year maybe two years when he was younger with me and that was it he was out of sports and you know he got involved with the wrong people and just went down the wrong road so I think sports really saved me a lot and uh you know like I said I had great mentors and great coaches that kept me in the right direction so, you want to pay off your student loan debt or credit card debt and invest and save? Sounds like you are ambitious. SoFi can help you work toward accomplishing it all. Refinance student loans, invest, and get personal loans for home renovation projects or to consolidate credit card debt. This is why I, SoFi, get started at SoFi.com. S-O-F-I.com. Terms and conditions and state restrictions apply. CFL 6054612. Advisory services offered through SoFi Wealth LLC. So you had that, that phenomenal game against uh, the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. uh, did you hear from a lot of people after that game? When you when you raised to the top of the NFC rushing chart, yeah. did you hear from a lot of people? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were, uh, you know, calling me from back home and, uh, you know, uh, texting me saying, congrats, you know, we're so happy for you. We knew you could do it. So, you know, it's been kind of crazy, but I always thought to remember where I came from and that, you know, I'm not at where I want to be at yet. So. So when you were in high school, Nature Coast Technical High School, mm -hmm. your, your junior and senior years, you ran for a combined 3,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. How many schools came calling about scholarship offers? Uh, I think I had, and at the end of it, I think I had about six offers. Uh, if I can remember, I think I had UMass, uh, Ball State, Toledo, uh, Akron, Georgia Southern. And uh, I think the last one I had was uh, Jacksonville State. So a couple D1s in there, not no none major, you know, crazy. So, uh, you know, everything worked out, though. Yeah, you go to, to Georgia Southern, mm -hmm. and there's a running back at Georgia Southern when you got there, Jarek yeah. McKinnon. Yeah. How did you – what did you observe from, from Jarek McKinnon, who would be going on to the NFL, of course? Uh, just the way he worked, his work, uh, work ethic. I remember one day, I think my freshman year, going into the weight room, and I think at the time he had a, a tweaked hamstring, and uh, he was in there on one leg squatting like 600 pounds. So <laughs> – you know, that was crazy to all the freshmen, but I was like, you know, I kind of want to, you know, I was like, I want to be like him one day. And, uh, you know, just the way he, you know, went about his business about football, you know, and his regimen. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, be like him. He's a very, he seems to be a very, uh, he's got a great personality. Yes, yes, a yes. Very, very much a, an extrovert. Yeah. You seem to be introverted. You're, you yeah. don't see, you're very soft-spoken. Uh -huh. So, did you connect with him or did yeah. you just kind of observe him? No, most definitely. Uh, you know, like they say, opposites attract. So, you know, just because I'm to myself, you know, I still know how to get, have a good time, you know. And, uh, you know, me and Jarek, you know, we joke around a lot. You know, we're like brothers. So, uh, you know, we definitely, you know, clicked a lot. And uh, I think we're even closer now than we were back in college. You didn't really get a, your big chance at Georgia Southern until your sophomore year. Yes. Sophomore and junior years, you absolutely blew up. Uh, I, I mentioned those stats from high school. I mean, your stats in college were just about the same, mm -hmm. averaging 8.3 yards per carry over those two years. Mm -hmm. And then your senior year happens. Mm -hmm. What what happened to Matt Breida as a uh, senior at Georgia Southern? You know, I think, you know, it was just a combination. You know, we had new coaches or whatever, and they try to, you know, just bring in new ideas. Um, you know, and just things didn't work go as, you know, I wanted them to. You know, um, it's no one's fault. You know, I'm not going to blame anybody for it. Uh, I always say God has a plan. 
So maybe that was a way of humbling me, you know, and, uh, you know, make sure that you got to continue to work if you want to, you know, get somewhere that you want to go. Well, I think the reason the 49ers like you is because of the answer you just gave me, because uh-huh. uh, it didn't take much, much research for me to find out <laughs> that the coaching staff changed. Mm-hmm. There was a revamped offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was described to me as just it was turned into a disaster <laughs> of a program. And so with injuries on the offensive line, with graduation on the offensive line, you really had not a whole lot of opportunity to succeed. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, leading into the draft that year, and you didn't get invited to the combine, leading into the draft, you made absolutely no excuses. Mm-hmm. And that impressed a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. it's so easy to make excuses. Why don't you make excuses? Good. Like I said, at the end of the day, you know, God has a plan and, you know, I'm very big in my faith. So I always believe things happen for a reason. You know, um, I, I put my I could put myself in those shoes, you know, being a new coach and wanting to do new things. And, you know, maybe things don't work out. You know, what's someone going to say about me? So I feel like that stuff always carries over, you know, when you talk, you know, bad or down about people. Because, like I said, you can't they, they can't control some things. So, uh, you know, I just try to be positive and just, you know, be in my faith. So you don't get invited to the combine. Mm-hmm. How did you react to that emotionally? Uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, kind of upset. You know, everyone's upset. You know, that's a dream going up. You see the guys on TV, you know, doing the drills, doing the routes, and you want to go to the combine. But, uh, you know, it gave me more motivation to do better at my pro day. And you you crushed it at mm-hmm. your pro day. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the numbers you put up would have been, would have ranked number one mm-hmm. among the running backs at the pro day. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of, do you sense now that you're getting back on the radar? Yeah, the NFL yeah, most definitely, especially talking to some of the scouts, you know, after that, you know, they just had nothing but good things to say. So I kind of feel like a sense, you know, okay, you know, I kind of get my foot back in the door now and I finally feel like, you know, I can uh, get somewhere. Did you think you'd be drafted? Uh, you know, I was hoping, I was hoping that, you know, they would, you know, someone would take a chance on me and, you know, get me uh, one of, you know, maybe later rounds. But, uh, you know, I was just happy that I got that, uh, that phone call from the Niners. And you got – they weren't the only ones who called you. Oh, yeah, you. yeah. I understand 17 teams yeah, called you. Yeah, within that week, yeah. And you made your decision about 30 minutes after the draft mm-hmm. that you'd be signing with the 49ers mm-hmm. as an undrafted rookie free agent. Why the 49ers? Uh, just when I got on the phone with uh, Bobby Turner and uh, Mike McDaniels, uh, I don't know, something just clicked, and someone was telling me in my gut, like, you know, this is the right place, you know. Uh, Mike McDaniels was on the phone with me, I think, probably almost half, half the draft just you know calling me back every two seconds and i was like you know that's somewhere i want to go somewhere where they did they think did did they say that they might draft you or did they say if you don't get drafted we want you yeah they said they definitely said that if if you don't get drafted that we're gonna we're definitely gonna pick you up and uh mike was telling me you know he just believed in me watch my college tape he's like he don't care about my senior year none of that he's like we know what you can do and we want you here and you know that really stuck with me ever since then and uh you know that was a big reason why i chose the 49ers you know what i would have said matt i would have said well if you want me that much draft me yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah at at that point you know i was just so happy that you know i just had the opportunity to you know play in the nfl and like i said i just felt like this was the right fit for me and the 49ers had already drafted running back joe Mm -hmm. williams in the fourth round yeah carlos hyde uh was was returning but Mm -hmm. only had one more year left on on his contract so you I guess you benefited also from a new coaching staff coming mm-hmm. in. They were going to make decisions based on what you did once you showed up. Exactly, yeah. And that was a big reason me coming here. You know, it's a fresh start, new coaching staff, you know. And, you know, I kind of knew that, they, you know, they wanted to have their guys here, you know, come in. And it was great, you know, being behind Carlos because that gave me a chance to learn from someone who's been in the NFL and, uh, you know, be mentored by someone in the NFL. Yeah, what did you learn from Carlos Hyde? Uh, you know, just to always, you know, work hard. And, uh, you know, he showed me different things about, you know, how to watch film, not only him, but uh, Tim Hightower during training camp, you know, even though he got cut, 
he's one of the most probably unselfish players that I've met, you know, being a, you know, eight-year, nine-year veteran coming in and helping a rookie that, you know, probably can potentially, you know, end up taking your job. And, you know, that always stuck with me too. Like, you know, when I get to that point, I want to be able to help the rookies regardless if he takes my job or not. I know that I'm making him better at the end of the day. And then the Fortnite signed Jarek McKinnon, mm-hmm. and, and then he gets injured. Well, actually, you got injured with the separated shoulder in the first – preseason game mm-hmm. and but because of that in a lot of ways they brought in Alfred Morris yeah and that's another respected veteran guy of course so you've had I mean you've had some pretty good influences in a very short period of time yeah. what now that you and Alfred are the one-two punch mm-hmm. I guess it's a week-to-week thing who's the one and who's the two yeah or actually you're probably both kind of equal ones. Yeah. what have you learned from Alfred Morris uh just you know uh, how to always you know keep your head up when th- uh, when times are down and he just helped me so much with his scheme. You know, he's been in scheme before, you know, uh, Coach Shanahan's dad. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy, though, how much, you know, from his perspective of the offense to my perspective of it now and how much we can just bounce ideas off each other. And uh, he's just a great football player. Give me your perspective perspective of the offense. What What is this offense about and why are you a good fit for it? Uh, I think my perspective of the offense is just about being a, a blue-collar, hard-nosed football player, you know. Um, of course, you know, you're going to get the ball, a lot of opportunities offense, but at the same time, you know, you just got to be a football player and uh, you got to be unselfish too. Um, and, you know, I don't know how other players are, but I know a lot of players don't like to block or, you know, they don't want to get the ball and things like that. And this obviously can't be, they got to be unselfish. Yeah, a lot of games left in the season. Just kind of how do you approach this year, you know, looking at the next game and looking mm-hmm. down the road about where you fit in and where this team is going. Uh, I'm just going to take it game by game, one game at a time, and uh, just do my role. You know, I'm not going to try to be bigger than my role. I'm not going to go out there and try to do anything crazy. Just play football. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, and congratulations on the success you've had so far, and I know the success you'll have in the future. Thank you so much for having me. All right, a big thanks to Matt Breida for being on the 49ers Insider Podcast, brought to you by SoFi, a modern finance company. And I'm back with Laura Britt. Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great, uh, as great as I can be for having the backup quarterback in, for having backup running backs in, for the team leading the league and missed tackles i'm doing as great as i can matt yeah and and they head into this game against the arizona cardinals with three of their offensive linemen questionable with knee injuries you have dante pettis will not play marquise goodwin he's questionable he has a thigh and hamstring issue so it's not just offensive line it's also wide receiver they've had issues with the defensive backs so um yeah What do you got for us? I've got some Twitter questions because every Monday we ask you guys to uh, on Twitter to submit some questions because, hey, this is about you guys after all. Dennis asked a question that I thought was a good question. Um, by the way, we're in a room where the like motorcycles the are speeding by. Right behind us. So if you hear, I don't know. Organic noise. Yeah. yeah. This is not natural. Well, it is actually natural yeah, sound. We didn't pump this And we're in. not in danger. It, no, we're we not. Should be, we're, we should well, be. Well, I don't know. We could be. But we're in an office, so I hope not. Uh, Dennis wants to know if there are any updates on when Joshua Garnett will be back. Of course, he gets carted off against the Vikings. Early in the third quarter, he injures his toe, and we haven't yeah, seen him dislocated since. dislocated big toe. That's not a – I mean, it sounds like, oh, that's not that big of a – it is no, a it, big Yeah, deal. try – I mean, you yeah. cannot – function without your big toe pretty much no especially uh, in his and world. i don't know when he's supposed to be back i haven't heard any time frame but i can tell you this i mike persons played pretty well 
when he's been in there, he's been healthy. I mean, he's kind of banged up too. Right, that's also so, another. I mean, injury. Joshua Garnett it will be a backup, and I'm not sure he'll be active uh, when he is healthy because Eric Magnuson is back now, and he has position flexibility. He can play guard. He can play center. Uh, person can also play guard or center, but I'm not sure Joshua Garnett, even when he's healthy, will be among the active players. I think that's a big concern with all the injuries is the offensive line, and especially with your backup quarterback in now as your starter. And and not that C.J. Beathard isn't able to take the hits and do things like that, but we saw in the fourth quarter of the game against the Chargers, I mean, you've got to be careful if you're C.J. Beathard not to take – too many hits and to make sure that you're throwing the ball away and, and and being careful with that. All right. Got another question on Twitter right now from Jeff Brinsdahl. I hope I'm saying your name right. Who knows? I'm probably not. But he says, after watching Beathard take those hits yesterday and being that close to having Mullins in at quarterback, are the 49ers more seriously considering bringing in one of the quarterbacks they worked out last week? They worked out seven guys. They decided not to go with any of them. Yeah. But they have well, enough. They, they, they have too many injuries. That They do have too many injuries. And I don't see things lightening up this week. You know, they, they might have to bring in some offensive linemen just to practice. So I don't see it. And I, I don't think the 49ers have a huge urgency to bring in a quarterback. Uh, it's my understanding that they like Nick Mullins as the backup more than you know, any of the guys that they brought in last week, some veteran guys, uh, TJ Yates, EJ Manuel, Tom Savage, um, Landry Jones, to name a few, Kellen, uh, Kellen Clemens. What I think they would want to do is maybe bring in a guy to be on the practice squad just so they have another arm in the building. But Fortnite's are happy with or happy or satisfied, whatever the word is, with C.J. Beathard as the starter. I think they're happy with C.J. Beathard as a starter, and they're satisfied with Nick Mullins as the backup because Nick Mullins has been here two years, and and folks like the you know most of the good quarterbacks you know are already on teams, or all the good quarterbacks are already on teams. And as Kyle Shanahan stated last week, there really hasn't been any discussion at all about Colin Kaepernick because uh, they've determined that he just doesn't fit, doesn't fit the what they do, and they don't want to change the system or have guys doing different things because the system is still the system. And next year, when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, they want everybody to still be doing the same things that they're doing now. Kind of fall back yeah. into place. Absolutely. All right. Another question from Twitter at I'm Charlie's dad says, will the Niners be practicing tackling this week? Asking for a friend. Thanks. A little sarcasm. The, if you didn't know, asking for a friend to tackle. Uh, no, just asking, asking for, for a, a friend. friend. Yeah. Um, so they had 17 missed tackles. They lead the league in missed tackles of 51, not the category you want to lead the league in 17 missed tackles against the chiefs. They do decrease that down to seven missed tackles against the Chargers. Twelve, though, if you can include the five special teams missed um, tackles. Right. And that's that's from PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus. Yeah, so that's uh, the – I mean, is that the biggest problem right now? On defense, it's one of them. I don't know that it's the biggest. I mean, they got some issues. You know, they've – you know, coverage, pass rush, tackling – the you know, bad part is they have – so you don't fully practice tackling in practice, no. obviously. But Shanahan mentioned in his press conference he was asked about this last week, and he said that's something we're really focusing on this week. Yeah, and they did. And they did. Yeah, and they, they worked on that. Problems. They worked on angles. They worked on all these other things. On t- Wednesday and Thursday, 
they worked on the tackling part of it and in the term that Robert Sala kept using and some of the players in the locker room including Ruben Foster used were we we got to step on toes and I thought I knew what it meant and yeah it's it's they they don't want these guys lunging at at the ball carrier putting their head down and diving they want the guys kind of driving through the ball carrier so you get so close and do you mind if i step on your toes oh, great matt's so, gonna step on my toes so you do this shoes. okay well I'll, I'll just pretend like so you just you, if you're standing up you just tackle by getting close putting a body on a body and driving through the guy and wrapping up like that just Ste- like that stepping on toes stepping on toes matt's trying to ruin my shoe game right now uh, okay, great questions on Twitter. I feel like you guys always deliver. We get a ton of questions. I hate that we don't get to answer them all, but if you keep asking them on Mondays, your question might get answered. Were there the more snarky ones this time? There were some snarky ones just because of the situation with all the injuries and all that, of course. Yeah. But. Okay, well, we'll be back at Levi Stadium on Sunday, 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll be doing the pregame First show. Look. 49ers first look two hours yes. before kickoff and an hour before kickoff. Uh, will you be? Do you know what you're doing on Sunday? I'm Are you roaming? Out, I'm roaming for uh, the pregame show. I hang out in the tailgate, so nice. section area, all of that. So if you have a good tailgate and you think I should stop by, you can tweet me and let me know, or find me on Instagram or something and let me know, and I can try and stop by and get you guys on the pregame show. Fantastic. Eat some good grub, probably. I'll do that for sure. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. You've been listening to the 49ers Insider Podcast. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And please give us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with another great edition of the 49ers Insider Podcast. Thank you for listening. The 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.